All right. Thank y'all for tuning back in to Spiritual Advisory Podcast with Marcus and Myra, kings, queens, and anyone in between. We have our dear brother, our special guest with us today, Chris Jones. Thank you for being here with us, Chris. And just before we dive in, like we always do, talking pre-recording, today's topic is optimism since March is the month for optimism. We're going to be talking about one, taking it from the mindset role and making it a practice, making it a daily habit to be more optimistic within this, you know, life, this challenging uh, arena that we face on a daily basis. And while we were talking about that, we had some very, very interesting uh, stats pulled up from Chris, our brother, Chris, and I'm going to let Chris, uh, you know, run those numbers by us. Um, first off, I want to say thanks for having me, you guys. And, and I just want to say on behalf of the rest of our friends that we're really supporting you guys. And we really enjoy everything that we hear and see that you guys are going after. So you have our full support. And I just wanted to throw that out there from everybody. Um, and as far as, um, as far as the statistics go, um, what's interesting is when it comes to optimism, one of the things that's not really widely known is that optimism is at up to 50% genetic. So depending on what your parents were going through or what what experiences shaped their lives can ultimately have a genetic effect on your outcome. And this is information that comes from the National Institute of Health. So if anyone wants to you know, stop and take a look at it, you're more than welcome to. But as far as the statistics state, um, up to 50% of your um, ability to be optimistic comes from your genetics. 40% comes from within yourself. So a lot of negative talk, um, a lot of encouraging talk, what we refer to as self-help, um, those things can count up to 40%. And astonishingly, 10%, 10% is shaped by other people. So as much as we think that everything about everybody else impacts us or that it's all about you, quote unquote, and how we th- we're not going to obsessive thoughts about what other people may or may not think, in the grand scheme of things, physiologically and mentally, it plays a small part <laughs> in whether or not you can be optimistic or not. And so like that's that's one of the things that I don't think we really stop to examine. Um, and this was a, a case analysis that National, National Institute of Health did on a series of twins. So they actually um, explored the options of one going in one direction with a lot of um, infused positivity and negativity and one that wasn't. And the outcome was drastically different, even though they were twins. Um, But one of the things that was common between the two is it was a lot easier for one to to, to find themselves in a more optimistic point of view or perspective than it was for the other one. And the reason being is because their mother, their genetic parents, their their actual parents had gone through a tumultuous uh, upbringing and that plays itself out into the kids. So one of the kids, it was harder for him the one that didn't have the outside influences that gave him a lot of positive encouragement, and the one that did, it was a lot easier for him, but it was still a challenge. And it, even though it seemed like it would have been so much easier being that he was given um, advantages that the other one wasn't for the sake of the test, but just think of that. I mean, just stop and think like, okay, we start out at a disadvantage or an advantage, depending on how you look at it. Mm. Very true. Very true. And You know, just hearing those stats and that data compiled, it makes me just wonder, and and, and maybe that's something that we can, um, you know, tread upon on another episode, but 
it just makes me wonder genetically what other dealings within our you know spirit within our mind within our you know just just our being are we you know either advantaged or disadvantaged that since since that's such a very prevalent thing of being optimistic within just uh you know a landscape of whether it's trauma that we have to deal with whether it's just daily stresses that we have to deal with because when I think about it and when I'm hearing those numbers being compiled it makes me wonder or at least makes me wonder back to like days of my childhood like did did I take you know like like how was I taking things because now those memories that I used to have and hearing those numbers it makes me think wow like all of the genetic factors that have played a part of the the man that I've become nowadays so that's just it's just really fascinating to hear that and, and I'm glad that you brought that to the table of discussion yeah, and, and, and look at the consistency of it the consistency of it is anything that our parents have gone through DNA wise can find themselves in 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 their offspring and I've, I've known some situations where a mother might have been deathly afraid of spiders and next thing you know, her kid's scared of spiders. I mean, and so it's like, so like if those That's things, true. if those things are transferable, then it shouldn't be a shock that um that the genetics play a part of it. And like right before we started, um, Tamara was mentioning how um how those traumas and those experiences can really shape our ability to even think outside of those. And and then take that into uh, right in the context with how we were saying that there's the um the numerical step as far as what what percentage are grown in, are, are are born genetically optimistic put all of those together and it's it's pretty much a game of touch and go it's like do you and is it something that you can counteractively address or is it something that's a lost cause i mean is it 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 just presents so many questions because we're always told that optimism is a choice and and then at the same time it seems like is it really because <laughs> A lot of the choices taken from me when I was born because of what my mom or my daddy did. So it's it's like, but even then, to find a way to get around that again takes optimism. Yeah, <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. just like say I'm I'm just stuck and I'm just in a position where I can't grow and become a better person because of what my parents did. No, it just gives you an opportunity to find a way to get to where you want to be, um, and even with those situations in your way. So. The more the the more I hear um Chris talk about this, the more I have questions, right? So how big was the study size is my is my first thing. Because if it was a small study size, then I don't know about those stats. Secondly, I think that it's weird that environment wasn't included in the results of that, because I think environment plays a big impact on a person's um level of optimism right um and the reason why i said it is because let's say that you um like you are in an environment that's not the best right you're not in an environment that's the best but you are always around people that are encouraging you Let's say if you're a kid and you're in a school system that isn't that great, right? But your teachers actually care, right? Your parents are ca- are caring. Your neighbors, the people in your neighborhood and your community, they make an effort to make sure that 
they they do what they can for the kids that like live on their block and they have like um tutoring or they do things for the community and you have kind of like this positive little um ecosystem around you that is supportive i think a person coming from that environment even with all of the outside environmental factors will have a greater sense of optimism because they have this support system. So when typically when we think about optimism, we think about it from the perspective of um, kind of like define negative thoughts, right? So you know what? This negative thought came into my mind. I'm going to push that right out. I know I can do it, right? People don't get that way without a good support system. Or they become that way because of they had to go through so much hardship that they they become hardened themselves. And they're just like, you know, what? I don't need nobody. I can do this by myself. But then that's toxic, right? That's toxic independence. And your own people only get that way because they've never had anybody to rely on. And honestly, they're scared to rely on somebody because they're scared that they may be let down because that's been happening their whole lives. So... I don't know. I just think that there are other things that that take place within that. Also, I feel like a big part of it too is when the mother is carrying the child in utero, right? Just like you said, like the the mom may be scared of spiders and the kid may be scared of spiders, right? When you when you are pregnant, like that energy from carrying a baby, you talking to the baby, the baby hearing sounds from being inside, that stuff affects the child when they come out like even like sometimes when women crave certain foods when kids get a little bit older that's all they want to eat and you're just like oh that's where that craving came from I knew this wasn't me I never liked this before then but then your your child is like obsessed with it so I think like there are it I think it is a good study but I think it, it needs to take other things into account because I think that optimism is it is also like a daily practice. Like I mentioned to you guys, like before, like, you know, like post pre-recording, um, I think it is something that you actively have to work on, right? Because we are constantly, especially in the world that we live in, we're bombarded with so many things of people telling us what we should be doing, how we should be doing it, what what will make us successful, what will make us beautiful. It's not any... um it's not any fault of our own kind of that we always kind of have an inner monologue in our heads that are telling us that, oh, well, you know, if I don't hit this certain marker by this age, then I'm not successful. Or if I don't, or if I don't look like this, or if I don't live in this neighborhood, or if I don't have, if I don't drive this car, then I'm not this and I'm not that. So I think that having a daily practice of, you know what, maybe I'm not where I want to be, but I'm, I I am where I should be. And I know that I'm going to get to where I want to be, you know, when it's my time to get there and you, you know, you just move on with yourself, but yeah, I just think it has a a lot of different other moving parts in it. Just to go back and uh, and answer your question. As far as the the testing went, um, what they did was um, they comprised a sample of uh, randomly 1,852 pairs of twins from different physiological, psychological, financial, and ethnic backgrounds, and they were subjected to a 27-year study. So wow. they, so they, so they had them for quite a while. And throughout the study, one thing that they that was consistently found throughout the entire process was that distinct genetic influences on optimism and pessimism were found. 
They found that significant family level environmental aspects were also emerging, accounting for most of the negative relationships between the optimist and pessimism. So, so environment. Right. So exactly what you're saying, like the things that they were going through had a direct impact on it. Um, as well as their link to neuroticism, meaning that they a lot of it was instinctive, where they they, they didn't really have any thought processes that went with it. It was just something that they automatically did. Um, mm -hmm. And a general positive genetics factor exerted significant links between the personality and their life orientation traits. So things like um, um, the ones who were really, really outgoing were usually the ones who were really, really outgoing as kids. Or the ones who were really shy as adults were the ones that were really shy as kids. Those those things like didn't change regardless of mm -hmm. the, um regardless of the environment. Um, and then it said uh, optimism, bias, and pessimism showed a genetic variance distinct from all aspects of personality and from each other. So even if they were twins and they were and, and they were um, the study was conducted putting them in different environments throughout the duration of their childhood and adulthood. It, it seems like. Even though they, there, there's that twin moment where everyone says that twins are exactly like and they have that same thing going on. They're not. Yep. Once the environment came into play and take that into account, they turned into two completely different people. One was very upbeat. The other one was very depressed. And they were twins. And I mean, it's, it's, it was just interesting reading the, the case analysis and how many males they had and how many females they had and everything. But one thing that was apparent was that when it became a choice, for one side, and then that not only that choice, but giving them elements surrounding it that made their experiences a lot more positive, it resulted in a positive person. But then when you had the ones who didn't, and they also went through those same negative, um, they came from the same DNA as the other one, negative upbringing, the parents went through trauma, and there was a tumultuous, toxic relationship with that. So they both started out on the same playing field. But what had a lot to do with it is what one was taught, what one saw, and then what they told themselves. And uh -huh. that, that's completely why they ended in two completely different places. And I think the same is for like, you You know, when you when you have siblings, right, that grow up in the same house, each, each child is having a different experience. Yep. You can have the same mom and dad grow up in the same house. You and your siblings could all share the same room. Your parents could seemingly treat you guys exactly the same, right? But everyone is going to have a different relationship and a different experience in that household. The same way you ever hear people say, oh, we all grew up together. We all grew up on the same block. I don't know how Donnie went to jail or whatever the case may be. We all went to the same school, had the same teachers because everybody's experience is different. The way that everyone internalizes things is different. The way that everyone has their own experience is different. Like I could say to two twins um I don't know one statement right I could say a sentence to one one is going to totally take what I said maybe completely different than than the than the other one has than the other one does it just depends on the individual like it really just depends what's truly to your point Tamara is my own personal experience when when I was born my mother didn't want to have a child I mean, I just I just came at a really awkward time where she was not too stable in her relationship. And ta-da, here I come. And the entire process, she was thinking, this is really going to harp on my life. I, I have plans. And and so all these thoughts were going on in her head during the time I was in development. And uh -huh. so born into, born into an environment where I always had the sense that she didn't really want me around. And, right. and granted, she was doing the motherly things that she was obligated to do. 
But I just never felt that warm and fuzzy. But then mm -hmm. the strange part was she was really open with all of my friends. Like my friends really liked her. And and I was like, and then I came to the understanding that she didn't have that attachment issue with them. So that's why they got along with her. But, but because there was that issue where uh, she wasn't doing, um, welcoming to a child at that particular point in her life when I came along, I could always feel that. And so like that was one of those things where you kind of grow up in a situation where um, it was easier to find connections with other people and to get uh, and find that attachment and that that fulfillment from you know having someone close to you. And a lot of it was um, was in a lot of ways a maternal thing where I would try I would go after women who were motherly. And, mm -hmm. and like like those would be my friends. I'd be like, hey, and they and they would just they would be the ones that would give me advice. They would be the ones that call and check up on you, and they assumed that role of those of that mother. And that was something I didn't even realize until I started going to therapy. And then I started realizing that that was the root of the the, the issues between me and my mom. You were so, searching for your mother, the things that your mother didn't give you from another from another woman. I completely. Women do the same thing. They search for qualities that they didn't get from their father. Um, if they had, you know, a not great relationship in that other partner. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the truth. Then mm -hmm. it turns into, okay, now that you're an adult, we can't make those same excuses. <laughs> so it's like, it's just like we could either like hold on to those traumas, which, which, which we inherently all still do, or we can just say, you know what, how can I pick up the needle off this record and play another song? I, mean, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, me and my music references. <laughs> it's just one of those things where that's that's one of the processes that's gonna that's gonna be able to get us past all that. And there was something um another thing that my grandmother always told me, and I thought about this when I saw the kids that I mentored earlier in the week. Um, and she said, in order for you to win with grace, you gotta lose with dignity. Yes. And so it's like this is yeah. a, in order for you to like find that optimism, you've got to go through the ugly. <laughs> To realize exactly how bad it was. And then you can look at how far you can go from that. But that only comes from sitting in that moment and, and accepting it because we're all going to go through some ugly stuff. And mm -hmm. to find the, the, the rainbow through all of that, or the, the sunny side of the street, it's kind of hard to do that when you live in a cloudy city. <laughs> so, yeah. so this is one of those things where trying to find that optimism is the challenge. Um, and it, it sounds like it's also a, one that can benefit you physically. Because studies show that people who are optimistic live longer. So I guess if something is really rubbing you the wrong way or somebody's really pissing you off, the best way to get over on them is to stick around. So like, so if you can live longer <laughs> and just kind of write all the people who, who hate on you, then you're physically benefiting from it and you don't have anything to do with how they deal with it. They just have to live with you. So I mean, it's like it, just trying to get our heads into the place where we can not just think and talk about how we can make ourselves happy, but tangible ways in order to just go about starting the road to being happy. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think that I think that being optimistic is very, very easy to do when everything is going the way that you think it should go, right? It's it's very hard to be optimistic when literally the walls and the and the floor is on fire. And I think that People just have to understand that just like your your good times or the times that you consider to be good are the best, right? And you love to experience in them, experience them. They're just moments in your life that occur. Um, but also the things that you may not find 
uh, so great that occur in your life are just moments that also happen. And those are experiences that you have to teach you something, but you have to be open to the lesson that they're going to teach you. And you have to realize that this lesson can last a long time or it can last a short time. It's just up to you to say, okay, I'm listening. What is it that, that I need to find out that maybe I wasn't listening to the last time, especially if you find yourself going in cycles with the same damn thing, that means you ain't listening at all. So stop moving, be still and listen, right? And just have that optimism that, you know what? I may be going through a shit storm right now, but that's okay. I, I know it's not going to last forever. It's going to be all right. I'm going to come out on the other side and I'm going to be Gucci. Definitely. It's definitely having like that, that stillness within yourself. And then also just like we usually say, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm -hmm. There's reasons there's, there's layers within what you're going through. And though you don't see it in that moment, there's a purpose there's there's an underlying purpose and that purpose is going to be realized once you tread through it and once you're open and receiving that lesson but what I want to do for just a quick second I want to bring back to the mention of that toxic uh how'd you say it's like that toxic self um can't think of the exact words Myra that you use but I see it in my mind versus um optimism right so oh, like for me that, that is... talk that we give ourselves sometimes mm -hmm. yeah or basically being in like uh self-sufficient but in a toxic manner oh yeah so... oh toxically independent mm -hmm. there I, we I go just, i just found out that toxic positivity was a thing oh yes like, yeah. i mean like because i always looked at it like how can positivity be toxic and then um, I was talking to a friend of ours and, and she was explaining to me like the context in which that would be the case. And in a lot of in a lot of ways, it was almost like toxic positivity is also not having a good gauge yes. <laughs> as far as what yeah. like, as far as an empathy level. Um, and and just to, just to throw in one thing that um, that Tamara was saying earlier, and that was when things are going right, we don't learn anything. It's, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's when everything goes to crap that we start learning things and so like that's that's always been like one of the important things I always look for and and I always try to encourage other people particularly the kids in the group that I mentor and that is one of the things we have to start really doing to kind of give ourselves something is to acknowledge when something's going great like literally write it down write down like this is what I'm happy about this is what I'm proud of and then if you if you feel so compelled that you want to do a compare an analysis on the other side, write down the things that are challenging you and then just like look at it like, OK, how can I address these challenges? How can I maintain this happiness? Okay. And the thing that would be really obvious is it's so much easier to do the happy side than it is to look at what the positive or the, uh, the potential um, negative outcomes would be. And, and the funny thing is, even challenging myself to do that, I've done that same process where it's like, okay, what's the best case scenario? Write it down. What's the worst case scenario? Write it down. How, what can I do to get closer to the positive side? And how can I avoid the negative side? 
it's always going to be so, it's, when it's right in front of you, it's always going to be so much easier to do the positive side because, because inherently the universe isn't working against you. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, and, and, and as soon as we realize that like, that the universe has no ill will towards us, so we can't have any ill will toward it. Yeah. <laughs> and what and what's that whole process is internalized and what we like to call speaking things into positivity or calling things into existence. That's what all that is. And and all, all of those things are in some people might think it's the sheer happenstance and somebody just having hippie talk, as I heard somebody call it before. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no. There's fundamental proof behind all of this. It's, and and one, of, one of those proofs is history. <laughs> Let's just like look at how things have, have turned itself out and how the positive thinking is, is, makes all the world a difference. So that's, that's something I think is really fundamental and important. And that's something we can control. Yeah, yeah. And, and to kind of bring it back, I think one of the major things within uh, no, noticing the difference between those two, the the toxicity and then just the positivity of optimism. So one thing I would definitely mention is not staying stagnant within like that funk or that toxicity of it. Because mm -hmm. like when you're in that pull yourself up by your own bootstraps or, oh, I can't, you know, I, I can't allow you in because I can't, you know, trust you or I can't see myself trusting you. That's where it's like you have to take that that great analogy that Chris brought up, you know, in that old episode. So definitely listen to it one more time again. But you really have to ask yourself, like, why am I tripping? Wait, like, take that time to ask yourself, like, is it within me that I can't trust that I can't, you know, allow myself just letting other people in or taking the load off of my shoulders and being, you know, at least trying to be positive in that mission, because thinking back with over in, you know, my life and stuff like that, like a lot of the trials and tribulations that I had to go through. Yeah, sure. I had to go through them. And there were lessons that were needed to be learned, necessity lessons that I had to learn of myself. Yet that was maybe the one cornerstone within that was going through those lessons i never took the time to really i mean there I, okay there was certain things that yes i did fester in and thankfully now i've learned and i've hit the wall that to to the degree of i can't sit and rummage in those things because rummaging those things they're they're not helping they're not building they're not progressing me to where i need or want to go so I think that's definitely um it's it's integral to know that the difference between staying within that toxic place and then realizing that it is toxic and understanding like okay I can't stay here I can't be stagnant in that. The thing that I think I really resonated with what you just said was a lot of times when you like there could be an article or it could be a, a a report or something that would explain what toxic positivity is, right? And mm -hmm. and on one hand, it'll say toxic positivity is when people say things like, "Oh, um, you, you go through this for a reason," or or that was supposed to happen to you. Some people say that that's toxic positivity, and in a way, aren't they just being negative when they say that? <laughs> I mean, <'cause> it's like, <laughs> no, I mean, because like if 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 a person is using 
um, a, a situation and ex acknowledging the fact that it happened and allowing themselves to experience it and live through it, and then they use it as a stepping stone to get them to a happier place, how can that be net toxically, uh, a toxic situation to being positive? I always say like a, a, a toxic positivity to be, or, or it seems like it's more of a um, fanning people down when they're trying to explain something to you. Like if they're saying that they've gone through something and like if they lost a relative and you're like, well, you know, they were, the, People people die all the time. I mean, like, and, and come from that aspect. To me, that would be toxic positivity. It's realism. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, but it won't help their situation. But to sit that person down and to and have a conversation about the things that they loved about that person and what what experiences they're going to take from knowing that person and apply to their life is something you can hold on to forever. And you have to go inside yourself to do that. Now, some people will say that that's toxically positive because that's finding something beautiful out of something unfortunate. <laughs> but, mm. but but at the same time, it's like, that's not toxically positive. That's helping you get over it by going through it. We can't just go by grief or we just can't go by depression. You have to go through it. And and that's when it that, that whole, um, that bed of how we're born and how we're able to inter interpret and absorb certain things comes into play because there's a lot of, there's also statistics that show that um, people who are optimistic have a, an easier time accepting negative feedback or, or understanding trauma or um, can understand why they, they won't be depressed over losing a job because they know that they'll get another one. I mean, it's like those sorts of people are the ones who bounce back. And that's the resiliency that we want. We want to be able to do all sorts of things. We want to have what we call bounce back muscles. And so like those sorts of things are where we, get our stripes from but just sitting like you say Marcus and just dwelling on it and just saying oh woe is me how's that gonna help you you're just gonna be sitting there crying longer um I think that's like death in particular I think is one of those things that it's really based on um I think how a person perceives death right yes. So me personally, I feel very uncomfortable talking to people about death not because I don't feel comfortable with death I think it's just because I the way that I perceive death, I'm aware is very different from the way that other people perceive death. I don't believe that. I believe that there is a physical death. Yes, right? Our, our suits expire. And it, they may, it may happen in different types of ways. And sometimes it can be sudden and sometimes it can be unfortunate. I, I even don't even really like using the word unfortunate because I believe that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And... And I think that when a person passes, that that means that it was their time, even if we don't understand it. And I think that just being empathetic about what someone else is going through and how they are perceiving it is important. And I would never say to someone that passed away, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay, because they're just going to reincarnate into something else. Like, you know, they'll come back as a flower on your table. Like, I would never say no crazy stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, in my mind, right? In my mind, I don't think of them as being gone. Like, I think of them as, this is the, this person's energy is around you. You just got to feel it. You have to, like, there are going to be moments when you feel this person around you and just know that that's true. Like, you're not going crazy. And so for me, like, if I were to, I, 
I would have to be very cautious about the way that I approach someone before I said that. Like I would have to really know them and they would have to really know me to understand that I'm not being like a jerk, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think death is one of those hard topics to approach with like a positive mindset. But I think like other things, like, like you said, like giving the example of losing a job, right? If, if I'm talking to someone who lost their job, I can easily be like, you know what? You don't need that job. They needed you. You know, it's like, it's easy. No matter what the person's kind of like mind frame is, you can kind of like pump them up. Like, yeah, you know what? You was right. I don't need that raggedy job. Like, you know? <laughs> and so I feel like you can kind of like bring, bring up their spirits a little bit. Um, but then there are other people that like me, like, you know, I feel like if something were to happen with my job, you know, I know that, okay, then that just means it's my time to move on from there. And God's just going to open up another door for me. And that's just, that's just it, period. I'm just, you know, just waiting for that next thing, next thing. But I know that not everybody thinks like that, but I think that that's one, the relationship that, that I have kind of like built. Right. And also like, I've always kind of been an optimistic person, just like in general, because I've always been a person that kind of like lived in this almost fantasy utopian place in my head. So as an adult, it just kind of like translated to me, like being like, oh, okay, you know, um, a car just hit mine. That's all right. Uh, you know, I'm still alive. So like, and you know, I can just like go, like go on about my way. But at the same time, you know, like I'm very cognizant of the fact that I can't approach everybody with that same demeanor that I would talk to myself in because some people, it can be perceived as very insensitive. Yeah, like, like we're Aquarians, so that utopian place, that's our home address. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I totally get that. And, and, and to, to go with what you were saying, um, I, always, I always look at our bodies as rentals. We yes. have them permanently. We can have to turn them back in at some point. Mm-hmm. We can have to turn it back in in good condition. I mean, and and the thing is, it's like that's that's how I would cover it with people, and, and I'm the same way. I have to like really check how I'll say things like that. And and additionally, when it's difficult for us to to, if it's really really hard for us to find the upside to something, even after going through it and giving it time, then there's another conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. If, if you if like if a person loses their job and they know that they really had to work hard to get that job they had and their and their skill set isn't as strong that it's going to be difficult for them to get another job and then they're depressed. The conversation then needs to be, okay, how do you get yourself up to where getting and maintaining employment isn't a cha- isn't a challenge for you? I mean, because like granted, the, the, the job tirade is really is really weird right now. But at the same time, if you if people go with confidence and they go with experience and they go with positivity. So if you come into somewhere and you bring all those things, more than likely you'll get another job. And so those are the people who won't panic about, oh, I, I'm going to get another job. You know, like they know good and well, they know their value, they know what they bring, and they know that they can be an asset and attribute to a place. Those people get jobs. And and so it's like just being able to look at it from that point of view. If it's if it's really hard for me to try and get a job because of my concerns about where I fall in today's marketplace then what I need to do to get myself up to snuff, I would, I would give myself some time and go through some training, get some additional um, assets and benefits and, and figure out how I can make myself stronger so that I can not be in that predicament anymore. And that's that's one of those things that's either easier said than done, but that's not saying it's not it's not able to be done. <laughs> Just saying yeah. this is yeah. easy. But and I like, think, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that those are just the things that, that we can institute to build ourselves up and give ourselves some more optimism. Because that optimism comes from when you feel good about yourself and you feel good about the environment and you feel good about your chances to thrive in those situations and those environments. And that's a hard optimism I don't always think is taken into account. Yes. Belief in yourself is very important because I feel like when when you, especially when you're on a job hunt, man, because that stuff can be long and tiresome. Yeah. And I feel like people that optimism can can start to dwindle when you get like your you know 99th no right but i think also we have to think about like those no's being like okay the universe trying to tell us well maybe this is not what you're supposed to be doing right now um yeah and not only that like okay like i think sometimes we have to change change our mindsets like all right if if i'm on my my 60th application and I hear no, maybe I need to start thinking about how I can create something of my own. Yep. Because maybe this is what it's telling me. It's telling me like, okay, well, sometimes when you don't have a, a lane, got to create your own. Yep. And I know, I know that people, oh, that's better, you know, said, and nah, 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 nah. but no job is guaranteed. No job is safe. All of these jobs will fire you and replace you in a heartbeat so don't get too attached to them and also have the belief within yourself that you can just pick up and go to another one or you can just pick up and start something else is it an obstacle or is it something just challenging you to see how badly you want it i mean it's like yes. like that perspective it can play a big part in, in how you feel about yourself because once you tell yourself that like you know what it's not an obstacle I said I wanted this. How badly do I want it? Do I, am I, am I, is my tenacity strong enough to overcome the situation? If you can say yes and then can take the, the actual steps to do it, you won't find yourself in anything but an optimistic predicament. Yeah. Like, just saying, I, I always hear people say, it's easier said than done. I'm like, yeah, but that's not saying it can't be done, though. Yeah, <laughs> everything is easier said than done. That's the same way when, when we say everything in theory is easier than in practice. Of course it is, because you have to actually go out and do it. That's mm -hmm. where the doing part is the hard part, not the thinking up amazing things that you can do. That's, that's always the easy part. Everybody can sit on their butts and do that. But the actual doing part and going out there, maybe asking for help or networking. I know I cringe at networking because I am not an extrovert at all i'm only extroverted around people that i like okay yeah so i know you i know chris was just thinking like um, i was like, I was that's like a I'm lie only, i think i only see you be upbeat and then I'm, then I'm like oh okay no 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 most of the times i am silent <laughs> silent i literally only come alive when there's people that i like that i vibe with other than that i don't talk <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm just very selective i just i don't I, you know i don't get down with everybody like that and that's okay i've been like that ever since i was a kid i've had the same same best friends since i was 10 years old you know how many friends i got now like like lifer friends from like when i was a kid just one that's it just that one but i know when, when just like we can know when situations are for us or aren't for us we can we have to accept that we're not for everybody Yes, like, yes, my brother. Yes. As soon as we realized that, you know, it's a, it's an acquired taste, and only certain people can appreciate this filet mignon. Yes. So that's when you can say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to take it to heart because sometimes, like when I was saying earlier, that that 10 percent about what other people think can have that impact in how you how you perceive yourself in situations. That's a heavy 10 percent. 
And so it's like mm. that just just realize it. Cause I, I know I'm not for everybody. I don't try to go outside. Like, like I'll I'll give myself where that I am. And the people who are your people will get you. They don't they won't need anything else from you. They just need you to be you. And once you and once you find those people, it's easier to be optimistic because you've got people cheering for you. But when 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 you don't have people around you who who can inspire you or help you become better, like like Langston Hughes said, he said if you find yourself in a circle of people who don't inspire you or make you better, that's not a circle, that's a cage. So it's like so just being able to like accept the fact that you know I need to put myself in an environment with people who in, in inspire me and people who are optimistic. Those things rub off. You can't help but be about a bit more optimistic when that's all you see. And this roses right back to the beginning of the conversation when I when I gave that example about a kid who may not live in the best environment, who may not go to the best school, but they have that that support there. They have that structure. They have that supportive ecosystem there. It can it can dynamically change their outlook on life, how they see the world, how they see themselves, how they see themselves moving within the world and realizing that they are just, you know, in the world but not necessarily a part of the world you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so i just yeah that just rolls it right on back right right on back to that uh to that <laughs> thing about you know environment and, and that's why that's why giving back is so important exactly because like, it's a reciprocal you, action yep because you could be that because somebody from an environment where they don't see a lot of positivity here you come having gone through those same situations and circumstances and you're able to go back and, and inspire them by showing them that yes. like, it's possible that's that that's when we talk about karma and the and divine return and, and and you give what you get i mean like that's what all those things <laughs> all those things play into that and you can't help but be optimistic when you see somebody else become happy or see somebody yes. um, see, see some better things in themselves or even start smiling when they once weren't smilers. I mean, it's like those sorts of things can definitely make a person feel better. So it's like it's it's a, a two way thing. Yeah, you're, you're putting positivity out there because you want that positivity to, to, to manifest itself in your environment. But you also there's there's this beautiful thing that happens where you become more appreciative of what you have when you when you contribute and help somebody else become a better person. So it's like that that's I always say that's a that's a strong component to being optimistic is getting out there and just being just being at one with other people. And somebody once said that you can always feel um you won't feel bad about yourself if you go help somebody that's worse off. I'm like, mm, I wouldn't say it that way. I would just say like, you can help somebody, you can um, help somebody acquire happiness by sharing yours. And and to me, yes. that's, that's an easy way. <laughs> that's a more digestible way <laughs> of, of looking at it. And then those are things that we can choose to do. Yeah, you know, and just hearing y'all just, you know, have this great, great, great conversation. Like I just get the imagery of, you know, those baton races. And I just see optimism as the baton. Mm -hmm. When you pass it like off that. to somebody, then you're able to watch them zoom, go, be themselves, be just this greatness. And then, you know, of course, they're going to be great. They're going to be moving. They're going to be doing all of these wonderful things. And boom, the baton is passed off again. So, you know, I, it's just beautiful to have that imagery while y'all were having that discussion yet one thing i do want to like kind of transition to into the topic chris had mentioned something while you know pre-recording when he was talking about you know discussing with 
uh, therapy and I, I advise and, you know, I support getting therapy because I had to do it myself. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. So definitely do that if you need that. And one of the questions I believe that he was asking the therapist was like, so this optimism is great having it while I'm here in sessions with you, but how do I practice this on a daily basis? How do I practice this when I'm out of the office? How do I keep this, you know, optimism steadily flowing? And for me, one of the things is, and it was kind of like we were, we've been discussing, it's knowing that, yeah, you're going to have good days, bad days. Putting that into practice is knowing that, being aware of that, yet not being deterred from it. So it's like having one half inner peace and then also on the other on the other opposite end of knowing that yeah you know i have inner peace within myself and that's being reactionary and knowing your reactions right and then on that op- opposite end is having the wisdom of being able to use that to transform your life your everyday life so if i know that myra had gave the analogy of the f- the floor is on fire and the walls is on fire I have the inner peace of knowing that, hey, I'm okay right now. Yeah, this is a bad situation. Yet (laughs) I have the wisdom of knowing that if I'm in a bad situation, I need to find an exit. I need to prepare myself to get up out of this. If I can't get up out of it right now, then I need to be wise enough to prepare myself, get things in place to say, hey, you know what? I have this and I have that. If I combine these things together, then I can make a swift exit in due time. And when I know that, when I know that due time is here, I can't sit and procrastinate. I can't sit there and be like, well, you know, maybe if I stick it out, well, you know, maybe if I just, you know, state not, if you know that you're in a bad situation, if you can't get out of that bad situation right now, prepare yourself. That's being wise. And that's also having inner peace within yourself of being like, Hey, you know what? This isn't great, but I'm okay. I just know it's not great, but it's not going to be the end of me. Yet, I can be wise enough to prepare myself for that exit. And when that time is near and when that time is here, I can't procrastinate. I can't sit there and just, you know, stew in that funk. I definitely agree with that. And and, and if we can sit in somebody's chair and get our hair braided and get our, our locks twisted and get our hair faded, <laughs> then, we can, then we can unload baggage and tell somebody our problems in that same mm. I mean, it's like, like that's just one of those things where like that's a, a, a catalyst in in making ourselves better, and and sometimes that that it definitely was needed. If you don't have that support system around you, like we were saying, and you have to, and you really need to have a a, a sounding board and have somebody to listen to you, then that's what that's what the mental health facilities and, and outlets are for. And, yes. and and the the objective is not to stay um, in a position where you have to go forever. You might mm. go back for a tune-up every now and then, but the objective is to get some tools in order to make it easier for you to sustain your life and to be your best you and not find yourself hung up on things that kept, that happen along the way that can hinder your happiness and your well-being now. That's the objective of it. And it, it's almost like like we don't go to the hospital with the intent on go, I'm just staying there to get everything addressed. They'll, they'll give you what you need to have to, in order to address the issue. They need some pills, some bandages, whatnot. And then you go home. Yeah. And then you take care of that 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 ailment or that affliction or whatnot, and you just deal with it. Mental health is the same way, and 
I, I hear so many people who have an aversion to it because it because of the implications that it might say to them about uh, to say to other people about them. I'm like, right. again, your experiences aren't indicative of what other people think of you. <laughs> so it's like Very true. they're not they're not going to find your happiness for you. They don't even care that much, to be honest with you. <laughs> they have other <laughs> things of their own going on, and that's when we have to have it within ourselves to say, you know what, I matter. Let yeah. me make sure I do what I need to do to be my best self. You know, you know. Oh, oh, my bad, Mara. Just no, no, no. Go on. But, but I definitely wanted to. I definitely wanted to mention. I'm, I'm like so, uh, like I feel it on the inside of me. I'm glad that you have mentioned that because the I matter part really, like when it comes to therapy, and th- and this is just like you know personal story for me. I had to get myself to that point of saying that, yeah, Marcus, you do matter. Yes, Marcus, like what's going on with you? All of these feelings that you're repressing, holding on to clenching onto better to say you matter you need to be able to release and let go and to live your life and it you know as as i mentioned like it took me getting to that wall point to get there and and yeah you know i know there's the stigmatism of especially people of our culture and our race of going to therapy (sighs) being in that predicament i'm so glad that like i took myself out of myself to do this because I had to do it for me. Because I imagine if I was still the same Marcus, holding on to things, repressing things, not properly healing, as as I've mentioned numerous times, I would not be able to stand or sit on this platform and be here. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know, I don't even want to know where I would be if I didn't. So I'm just, I'm just really glad that Chris did mention that. Like, yeah. You have to remember, like, there's a quote that I love. It's, don't let, I mean, don't dim your light just because it's shining in somebody else's eyes. And so mm-hmm. it's like, that. that's always a reminder to just, just let yourself shine. When we always talk about higher vibrations and, and illuminating and being a light and those sorts of things, take it literal. I mean, like from a literal point of view, you are light and you do not, if you will not dim, stars don't do it. I don't mean celebrity stars. I'm mean like the real one. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't, <laughs> they don't dim their light just because it's another star right next to them twinkling just as bright. I mean, it's like, they don't know any better. So it's like, that's that same approach. Like, and the more we bring our organic selves to the table and just let that, that, that inner glow that we have just resonate after a while, that's contagious. That shit is contagious. So when you have a whole lot of people that next star shine, that can only make an environment more positive. And then that will be more more of an inclination or it'll be more likely than not that those people who are growing up that we were talking about at the beginning who had those negative situations, it puts them in a stronger chance of being in a positive situation if there's yes. more positive people shining that light. So that, that, mm-hmm. that, that's always the objective is to try and increase that element. And yeah, negative stuff's going to happen. Yeah, we can't help that. But how we respond to it is what we can address. I agree yeah. with that a thousand percent. And kind of to, like to roll it back to like the therapy that um you were talking about, Chris. Um, I I am also a, a firm believer in therapy. I went to therapy for five years. I think the thing about therapy is is that a lot of people think that you go to the therapist, they make you feel good while you're there because they listen to you. You know, they they ask you these questions. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable for people, right? Um, but the real work does not start until you leave the therapist's office. Exactly. And it doesn't start because then you don't have anyone to kind of be like almost almost codependent on to provide you with feedback, right? You have to provide yourself with that feedback. And so like 
like you mentioned, like kind of pre-recording was what is that toolkit that I can use to like make myself feel good or keep this, this positive mindset that I have with my therapist in the room. I think the therapist is only going to take you, but so far, right. The therapist like is like a kid when you first start riding your bike and, and you're on, you know, your bike and it has those little training wheels on it. You can't really get up to full speed until someone takes them off. Right. And you have the possibility of falling and getting hurt, but that's okay. You can get back up and you can keep riding on your bike. You're, you're like, you know, you're a big kid now. And I think it's the same way with life. Like when we leave that therapist's office, we have to know that there is a real possible chance that we can fall off the bike, right? We can skin our knees, we can get hurt, we can cry, but we can get back up and get right back on the bike, right? We can have the most amazing adventures on this bike, right? We can ride with our friends, we can go up and down hills, we can have great summers, but there is also a possibility that the wheel might break off and we have to get it repaired or something like that. And that's okay. You know, you might be down in the dumps for a week and not be able to ride your bike with your friends and that's okay. Because a couple of days after that, you're going to get your bike back and you're going to be on it again and you're going to be riding and you're going to have a good time. But we have to realize that even when those things do happen, even when our bike breaks temporarily or we fall off and we hurt ourselves, we have to remember that we got this. Like whether that means supporting, um, have, bringing yourself around supportive people, journaling your own thoughts, because that helps. It Journaling helps a lot. It helps you to get those thoughts out of your head and onto the paper. And sometimes you may go back and read them like two days later and be like, man, I was stripping. And mm -hmm. then, you, then you know, you'll be all right. Maybe that means calling a friend. Shoot, maybe that means posting what you're going through on Reddit and people comment back on it. Because I can't tell you how many people I've been <laughs> answered on Reddit and they like, are you a therapist? Like, <laughs> no, this person's been to therapy a lot. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you have to... You have to find ways that work for you and tools that work for you and learn what brings you happiness and learn to bring you joy and what helps you to move forward and 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 not focus on the times when you're completely down because you're going to be up again. Yeah. I had a, a client in the program who broke their leg and they were one of those, they were one of those participants who is always, um, talking about how things are holding them down or how um, the, how many challenges they have. And I, and I challenged them. I said, take those situations and compare them to that leg, that broken leg you have. I was like, you can't go full, you can't go full speed walking. You're at a disadvantage because you can't use 100% of your faculties. So now you've got to circumvent what you can't do with what you can. And in the meantime, you got to get that leg strong enough so that when that cast comes off, you can go back to who you were and be even better. So I was yeah. like, so challenge yourself. I said, everything that you try to do in your life, everything you do with that leg, do in your life. Like you got, you go through physical therapy with that leg. Okay, you got to go through physical therapy upstairs too. I mean, it's like, like this, this take, this compare completely to that and focus on it. And I started seeing a better them. And and I'm not saying I, I had nothing to do with that process. It was just taking what a therapist would do for you, which would be to give you those tools to use and to just take mm -hmm. them and go from there. Because that's the, the the main part of it is what we can do without those situations. Like they might like that same person with the broken leg. They might have a crutch, or they can lean on somebody, but they're not going to stop trying to get to where they want to go because of that broken leg. <laughs> and also, be mindful of your words, because if you always talking and complaining about, oh, my life is dead, uh, the universe is like, okay, girl, so you want more? 
Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you exactly what you're complaining about. Here you go. That's what you said. That's what you said. So that's what you got. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I think I think just just talking about that and going back to as of like those things that we can do within a daily life just to make sure that we keep the optimism up, knowing and practicing whether that's like helpful mantras, um, yeah. positive words of affirmation to yourself, just speaking to yourself kind, like having a kind conscious about yourself. These things are important. And another thing that I would like to, you know, kind of throw into that mix while like I was hearing y'all going back and forth, for me, one of those things that has built up at least uh, my optimism within just going through life and daily challenges has been getting to know myself better. And Mm -hmm. by getting to know myself better, I mean, like actually taking work to be like, hey, Marcus, what do you like when I don't know what I like sometimes? And just like kind of self-discovering myself and being able to put, you know, having that confidence enough to put myself in challenges that like, I know that eh, I might kind of cringe and I might kind of be like, "Mm, I'm kind of hesitant, but I still put (laughs) myself out there. So, you know, that's something that you can do within daily life. Like, you know, ask yourself like, hey, like, what do I like and why do I like this? And knowing just yourself and asking yourself those questions, that's going to build up your confidence to be like, hey, well, if I like that, you know what? I never really thought about trying this. So maybe I might like this. And let me, you know, at least challenge myself to try that. And to, that's you know, just build up that confidence, which is going to, in part, build up that optimism in a sense. Do y'all two have like any other, you know, maybe tips or advice that y'all can give on that note because I I think that is important as of knowing things on a daily basis that we can do I'll just throw in one thing and that is um, people can easily acknowledge something negative and and have that negative chatter with themselves and have it result in a negative situation that same energy that exact same force field people can can just put that same energy into just being positive to yourself. And just like you were saying, Tamara, and I was saying earlier, and that is just get a piece of paper. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the best dialogue you can have is with yourself. (laughs) And that's that's one of the things that I believe quarantine was trying to teach us, is that sometimes those are things that we have to go through in order to really uh, realize who we are. Get a piece of paper, sometimes get two. And then Mm -hmm. just write down (laughs) one sheet of paper, the things that you are really grateful for, the things that you're blessed to have and experiences that you're really just stoked to have the, the, the blessing and the forthright to be able to experience. Then on the other side, just write down the things that you wish you could change. Not that you hate about yourself or that you hate environmentally or just that you wish you could change. And then just look at how you can balance them out. If, you, if one side is longer than the other, you have the work to do. But like, if you can come up with a, an effective way to address those things that, because there's nothing in life that we can't fix. There's nothing we can't rectify. There's things that we can, we can make it easier to get through, but that's just a temporary fix. That's just to get you to a point where you can sit back and say, I'm content with this. That's all we really want. And like to, to, to really be so, um, to just go out just foolishly and just mindlessly, just go after things that mean no importance to us. It's where people get that, they, that's where they lose that sensitivity because then there's no love and there's no joy in anything. So find out what you love. Find out the things that you like. I told people, if you want to get a job, write down the things that you have to have at that job. If you want to listen to music, write down, I want to listen to music while I'm working. I don't want to wear a uniform. 
Um, I want opportunity to advance. When you sit back and you look at all the things that you can open yourself up to and still follow that list, you'll realize that your capabilities and your opportunities and possibilities are a lot vaster than you thought they were. Uh-huh. So those those things that just have, and those are things you can only realize once you sit down and start journaling and writing those things down. I, I always give people notebooks as gifts. Write stuff down. That's the best gift that you can ever give somebody is the joy of getting ready, getting more in touch with who they are. That's the best gift anybody could ever give. Mm-hmm. I fully agree with that. Um, that is the the bit of advice that I will offer as well is to write it down. Um, I mean, if you have to do it in your phone, iPad, whatever you got, do it there, but nothing beats pen and paper. Um, and honestly, like I've been to at at points in my life where the only thing that I could write down on that paper that was remotely positive was I woke up this morning and that is okay. That is okay. You got to start from where you can start from. And that is okay. And, you know, then you write down, you know, like, okay, well, what do I want things to be like? If I was living my best life, what do I want things to be like? And you start noticing that if you make a daily habit of this, that there are so many things that you can be grateful for that you, that are not out even, that are not even outside of you. Like, I am happy and grateful for the way that my brain works. I'm happy and grateful for my creative nature, my sensitivity, like all of these things that can't be purchased at a store, right? Or can't be sold. Um, I'm grateful for all of these things. And so I had to start from there because like I had, I had nothing. So, um, or, or, or I thought I had nothing. Right. And getting, growing from that point to where I am now it was definitely a build of optimism um because like I said I've always been optimistic but there have been times where that has been heavily dampered by environmental situations or just situations that I was in in general but there was always like this like little spark inside of me where I knew that I just couldn't let it die and for me like journaling helped that a lot um even it's funny because I still have journals from when I was like 10 um like 10 years old and it's just it's crazy to go back and just read that stuff or even stuff from when I was like 25 because I'm 37 now and just to see how drastically I change and how drastically like my positive mindset has it's not even like I don't even have to play that switch on switch off game anymore it's just there um, and I believe that journaling for me was a very big part of that because it's always been a consistent theme of my life. It's, it's, it definitely helps to go back and even look at it as a timeline to see how much you've grown mm-hmm. and it can help you sort stuff out. Like, especially if you're an overthinker to just pour it out of your head. Just seeing it back, seeing it look back at you is a reality that a mirror just, a mirror does just as well. But to see how you actually feel, and just and sometimes I even tell people a good a good outlet is art therapy. Yes, find find, find a, a vessel. Even if you're not an artist, just get some paint, get some paper, and just let it flow, and you'll be surprised. Because I always like I always laugh because most of the art that we look at and we're finally appreciative of 
is how it came to be. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so it's like, those are, those, those, that's beauty that came out of somebody's trauma. Or think of how many songs that just resonate with you that came from somebody being brokenhearted. I mean, so it's like mm-hmm. that, that vessel that you can, I'm not saying that we go through pain in order to put something beautiful out there, but that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> is that like, <laughs> we go through pain so that that's something that can be a benefit and beauty to somebody else because it's it's no sense in just letting it just fester and resonate and be of no use. I mean, I, I think I think that that's probably one of the most beautiful things that we as we as humans can do. Yeah, we me too. And, and that is contribute and put something beautiful out there, whether with whether it's with our work or whether it's just with us. I agree mm. with that. You know, just hearing Chris mention that, like it, like I I get the i don't know spirit is saying like pain with purpose yet having that optimism just like blossom like because that's what i sense and that's what i feel like you don't have to let the pain take you under because like we have like we've been mentioning throughout this episode there's lessons with it there's lessons that can bring you to a higher purpose yeah it hurts yeah it sucks going through yeah it's Sometimes it feels like in that moment an inconvenience, but taking it for what it's worth and getting to the purpose behind it, getting to the purpose of it, takes you to a whole nother level. And then you're able to look back and be like, you know what? Yeah, I did go through that. And going through that, being a purposeful person, being a purposeful human being, you can help somebody else. You can guide and, you know, at least mentor somebody else within that same arena, what they're going through. Because now you've learned the lesson. Now you've overcome the lesson. So it's mm-hmm. like, mm, boom, just a, such a empowering thing sometimes going through it. And I know all three of us have gone through some kind of a pain with a purpose that has led us to this moment and is leading us to beyond and just like I was saying, with having that optimism, you know, blossoming and blooming, that's still having that hope, that uh, courage, that spark, like Myra had mentioned, with inside of you that never dampers, no matter how old that you become, no matter, you know, all of those lessons and adversity that you face, it's still that spark that if you're feeding it daily, and I mean, feeding that like within a healthy and uh, spiritual, you know, positive sense, that spark will never die because just like your reactions, you control that. Yep. That's true that. And one, one thing that I always kind of chuckle when I hear that and talk like we're doing right now, and that is something my grandmother always said. She always said that sometimes when things go wrong, you got to look at it like sandpaper. It's going to rub mm-hmm. you the wrong way. It's going to irritate the hell out of you. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, whatever that thing was, it's going to be worn out and useless and you'll be polished at the end. So it's like, <laughs> so, so, and, and so in that context, I always just look at it like, you know, things could get bad and things could get a little heavy at that moment, but I'm an optimistic person by nature. And, and, and it's all, it's only because I've seen how bad things can get. And mm. sometimes, sometimes even forcing my way to like, say, you know what, this too shall pass. Let me like, and, but then finding things to help you through that. It means music. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have like really cool people around me that can that can kind of pull me out of that, or that I can sit and just talk about certain things. And that's one of the keys to my survival is that like you have to have you have to have those things around you, and you got to acknowledge that they're there, and you got to say thank you when you have to. I mean, because because yeah. like, they don't have to. I mean, they 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 might feel like um 
an, a sense of obligation because they love you, but but stop and let people know that you that you that you that you're happy that they're there or that you uh, that you're thankful that they were there for you and those sort of things. Just acknowledge them because that optimism is also going to turn around and tell them, okay, you know what, I I was doing the right thing by opening my heart to this person. That's spreading more positivity and optimism. Yeah. And and so I always encourage people to do that at the same time. Stop and say thank you to people. Like um and, and for me, I make a big deal out of birthdays. So it's like so when somebody I, I remember I remember your birthday. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's only because it's only because like I'll keep a strike in my head. Like okay, this this person this person resonates with me. And and you know you just want to make sure that you let them know that they're appreciated and just say thank you when when need be or when they need something, just try and be there for them. Because yeah. that's people trying to do that for you if, if when you're in that that place where you're appreciative of things. So I'd say just keep the cycle going with all that goodness and you'll be fine or, or closer to fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, wonderful things. And just to recap on that, like uh, things you can do within your daily life to stay optimistic, learn and discover yourself, be appreciative to those around you. Oh, oh man. Like, and just know like that these trials, these tribulations that we are faced, that we endure, they are with a purpose, unbeknownst or known to us if we if we do know. So it's one part practice of having that sound mind. It's the other half of also knowing that this is a daily thing that we gotta practice. Cause yeah, there's gonna be those up days, there's gonna be those down days. But if you're practicing it daily, then, hey, you're already taking the footsteps for the race. You're already got your you already got your shoes laced. So can't nobody say that, hey, you got to go tie your shoe. You're, you're doing it. And, and, you're ready. Isn't that the reason you're why on the go, field. Isn't that the reason why we go after roller coasters? Because we want the high and the low. So, I mean, so it's like, <laughs> so when we, <laughs> when we experience in life, all of a sudden now it's bad. No, like that's part of the ride. You just have to be able to like take it for what it is and just know that, okay, it's not going to always be this way. It's about to change and just be prepared for it. That's what we do in roller coasters and people love those. I never understand how people don't do to how, how the association between the two is never made. I mean, it's like those those things that we experience are things that we're always introduced to in another aspect of a way. So I'm just like, just think about it, just dive, dive, just relax, relate, release, and just look at how we deal with things in other situations. And usually that mode of application is the same. Mm-hmm. So very true. So very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any recap words, Mari, you got? Or? Nah, I think I said my piece. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> your boy getting hungry over here. <laughs> but I love this conversation and we thank you, Chris. We thank you. We appreciate you stopping yeah. by, supporting us. Always. Just, you are very Yeah, welcome. man. Being yeah. a big brother to us both. Because, man, Lord, bro, like, that's, like, I always light up when I hear you in meaningful conversations anyway. You always <laughs> got me stickering, laughing, something. <laughs> and that's because like, he come with Chris. that energy. He come with that energy. Oh, and, and I appreciate it. No, those, are, those are things I always say. It's a, it's a choice. I mean, like, there's been times where you know you go through something a little ugly, but but you have to realize that look, I don't need to take my my issues out with me into the world. They've got mm-hmm. enough issues of their own, and when it's time to deal with them, it's time to deal with them. Like meaningful conversations, like like just as you brought up, is one of those things for me where it's like, okay, I cannot have to worry about all this extra stuff, and I can just 
the, the spiritual centric in our conversations and our dialogue. Yes. And that, that can help feed your soul and then to give you some more artillery to go out and just deal with things again. So that's an, a prime example of having that element around you that can help support you and get you stronger to be able to sustain and deal with things that you encounter. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, for real. That's like the spiritual pit stop uh, <laughs> for me. <laughs> I own a little spiritual VP. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. And shout out to Meaningful Conversations. As, as always, we love y'all. We enjoy y'all. Um, yeah, yeah, like, I get, I definitely, I know I got so much stuff going on, but yeah, I got to make my way back to New York so we can do another live episode because, yes. yeah, we got to do it. We got to do it. It's like, like I was saying, it's like going up to Mecca. Like, like it's a <laughs> great spiritual event. <laughs> so now it's like, now that I've had it, I got more. I need more of it. I need more of it. But we gonna make that pilgrimage one day. Yeah, especially with the journey you got to take. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and like, like, like I told you guys before, we 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 have arrangements for you guys when you come up here. You yes, yes, yes. But yeah, just to sign off the episode, y'all. We appreciate y'all listening. We hope that y'all, you know, just uh got some of that optimism that you need just from hearing us just from you know hearing our experiences and also just hearing our advice out there and um yeah. take it as you need it you know and be blessed as always so stay tuned for the next episode we got big things in the plans we got big things in the works and also on that note just just we're we're opening up you know the gauntlet we're opening up the gateway to do more uh guest episodes so people in meaningful conversations be looking out for us because we may be reaching out to y'all because i got some i got an idea for a really good episode so i know two people not gonna mention their names but you know I, you know i'm gonna holler at y'all but yeah i got a <laughs> good episode uh idea so yeah i may be shouting out at two meaningful conversation uh members <laughs> so yeah <laughs> thank y'all for listening and peace out bye peace.